You know, I appreciate uh, the, the band on Friday. They, I think they played about 20 songs in the heat, and then they are, uh, they are here today playing, and man, that last, the second to last song, man, that is such a powerful, powerful song. And it actually, in some senses, it really does, it fits in with what we're going to be talking about today, talking about chains being broken. And uh, so that, that's a, we're, we're continuing our series, C4, Engaging Culture, and a decision that we made as a church last year is we are trying to figure out, you know, how in the world can we make a difference? How in the world can we engage culture and fulfill the mission that God has given to every church? Now you might say, well, what is the mission that God has given to every church? What is our purpose for being here? And, uh, and here it is. Jesus was very clear about it. He said in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now that is the mission, that is the purpose for every believer, for every church. And so the question that we really, that I really started asking last year was, okay, I know what the mission of the church is to be. I know what our purpose is. I know why we're here. But the question is, how do we achieve it? You know, how do we put that into, you know, like practical application? How, does, how do we go out and actually do what Jesus said? And so that's where we came up with the strategy C4, engaging culture. So we said, how are we going to achieve this, fulfilling our mission, and we decided we're going to engage culture, make disciples in our community ministries, through our campus ministries, through our care ministries, and through our civic responsibility. Now, the, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how we are going to engage and go out and make disciples on our campuses. And then this past week, we talked about how we are going to engage our culture in our community which is one of the reasons why we did you know, Balloons and Tunes over at Doco Manor. It's a way for us to engage our community. And then this week, we're going to talk about how we're going to engage our community through our care ministries. And I really believe this. I believe that the greatest place to receive care and to give care in our church ministries is what we call our V-group ministries. It's our small group ministries. And so every week throughout our community, we have, uh, we have groups that meet in your neighborhoods to talk and to share the good news of Jesus with other people. And so what we do is we, we gather together in homes. It's a place for us to fellowship, to develop friendships, and to actually take time to look into the Bible and then really to apply what Scripture says to our lives. And so here's the, here's the goal for the day. My, my goal for the day is for you, if you're not connected in a V-group ministry, for you to begin to consider it, to consider what it's about and how you can be a part of this ministry. Because here's the deal. Groups are important. Relationships are important. They matter. They're a place for us to find support. They are a place for us to develop, to develop relationships. Uh, we, now, we know groups are important. There is a, there is a company called Groupon. Have you all heard of that before? Okay, I, I will try to explain it here in a second, but it is a, it's a very popular service. As a matter of fact, it is so popular that back in 2008, it was doing so well that Google tried to buy it for $6 billion. 
And they said no. Now, I'm just going to let you know right now, I am for sale. Six billion dollars, baby, I'm, I'm taking it. Okay, but Groupon said we're doing well, we don't need to do that. Now, the idea behind Groupon is they find, and I think I'm, I'm trying to explain this best I can, they, they do these, these things with businesses who they put out like coupons for the best deals that they have, and their hope is that the people will use their coupons and the businesses eventually will win these customers over on a permanent basis. Is that kind of, is that pretty close to it? Okay, it's pretty close to it. Okay, now in a sense, that, that is what we are trying to do at Village Church. At Village Church, we want you to uh, find the best things that Scripture has to offer when you go to our V groups. And whenever you do, we hope that you're going to become a permanent customer. And that you're going to find out that there is life and there's hope and there's relationships and there is worship that takes place whenever we gather together. And so today in our passage of Scripture, what we're going to do is we're going to see the important calling that every Christian has. Now what is it? It's for us to take care of and to build up people. That is why we have V-Group Ministry. You see, we live in a world that is busted and broken and people are hurting and you can see it in some people and there are others of you that are really good at hiding it. And on the outside, you look good, but on the inside, you are a wreck. We want you to know there is a place for healing. And that is a calling that God has given to the church. That's why we're looking at Galatians chapter 6 today. We're going to look in Galatians 6 in the first six verses. Now, this letter was written to the church in Galatia, which is in modern-day Turkey. And it was a church that Paul, the Apostle Paul, helped to found. And whenever Paul founded the church, he heard what was going on in Galatia later on. And there were some people that were coming in, and they were teaching some, you know, some stuff that, wasn't, that had a kernel of truth in it, but wasn't quite true. And that they become very legalistic in the church. And they were telling people, if you're going to be right with God, if you're really going to have a relationship with Him, you have to follow all these rules and regulations. Now, I'm not saying rules are bad things. I think they're good things. But if you are counting on rules, you know, making you right with God, then you're going to get in trouble. And so what had happened to the people in this church is they were trying to keep, there were over 600 rules and regulations that the religious leaders had come up with. And so the people were trying to follow those rules, but they couldn't do it. I mean, I'm, even, like, I'm doing good, I'm keeping 500 of them, but there's 113 I'm messing up. And so the people, instead of coming to God and finding peace, they were coming to God and finding defeat because they couldn't keep all the rules and regulations. Now, guys, here's the deal. The church in our small group ministry, we are not about making people feel defeated in life. What we are about, and according to our scripture, especially today, is that when people are defeated, we want to share with them that there is victory for them. And there's victory for them because of who Jesus is. And one of the greatest places where we are able to share victory with people is in our V group ministry. And so very simply today, I want to share with you what V groups are about, what they are for. And the very first thing I see today in our text is our small group ministry is a place to get 
picked up. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about dating relationships. Okay, V Group Ministry is not a place where you go and you're looking to find a new woman or a new man. Now, I'm saying, that does happen sometimes, but that, when I say picked up, it's not what I'm talking about. Well, what am I talking about? Okay, that's why we want to look in verses 1 and 2. In verse 1, it says, Brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you won't be tempted also. Carry one another's burdens in this way, and you will fulfill the law of Christ. We are here, our small groups are here, in order to pick up people who are beaten down. Now, as you look throughout the New Testament, there is a phrase that's used over and over again. It is, we are to love one another. You'll see that phrase a lot of times. You'll see, we are to carry one another. We are to care for one another. We are to pray for one another. So as you go through the New Testament, there's a high value that is placed on the term one another, or high value placed on others. Uh, you can see what Jesus said in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 41. Uh, somebody came up to Jesus and they said, Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? And I like the question. He's like, let's just cut to the chase. What's the most important command in all of the Bible? Here's what Jesus said. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. And the second is like it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So what are we called to do? We are called to love one another. Verse number one, it starts out. It says, brothers. Now, Christians, of all people who we should love first, we should love each other first. We are believers. We are here to support each other, to build each other up. It, it, we're not here to, to look at somebody and see when somebody fails, and then when they fail, to jump all over them so that we can make ourselves look really good. You know, I think one of the easiest things to do is if you want to look good, it's just simply to tear somebody else down, and that way you look better. But that's not how the church is to operate. That's not what we're here for. We're not here to tear each other down. We are here to lift each other up. Now, the world and the animal kingdom, they look for the weakest in order to destroy them. That's not what we're supposed to, that's not what we're supposed to do. You know, I read a really interesting story about, about seagulls. You know, seagulls are... You know, they, they're obviously very acrobatic birds. They're like the pigeons of the ocean. And they're everywhere. And, you know, they, they, they fly around. They look graceful. But if you get a piece, I mean, you can get a piece of food. And if you're a fisherman, they drive you nuts because they're always trying to, get, trying to get your shrimp. But you just take one piece of shrimp and just throw it over. You ever notice what seagulls do? They're just like in mass, they fly on it. And they will, I mean, they will kill each other trying to make sure they get that shrimp and somebody else doesn't. Okay, that is a picture of the world. The world is all about themselves, all about us. And we're going to do whatever we can to get our piece of the pie before somebody else does. Uh, Philip Yancey, he's a Christian author, he talked about seagulls in one of his books. He said, if you get a piece of string, red string, and you tie it around a seagull's leg, he said, you have just sentenced that seagull to death. He said, because when it gets out among other seagulls, the seagulls will see that he has something they don't, and they will attack and kill that bird trying to get it. Isn't that scary? See, I mean, when you go to the beach now, 
And that's going to make you nervous. Okay, so seagulls are evil. But here's the deal. As Christians, we're not to act like that. When we see people who are broken, our calling is to pick people up. To pick them, not, not to excuse things that they are doing that are outside of God's commands, but because we value people and we want to see people discover life again. That's why we do V-Group ministry here. We are about people who are broken. There are people who are wounded. But we need to be a place where people can be restored. And in our V-Group ministry, in all honesty, that, that, that's what's supposed to happen there. It's a place where we find support. It's a place when you are weak that you can share so that people can pray for you, so that you can find strength in your life. It's a place where you can find people giving an honest assessment of what's taking place in your life and then helping you find a cure for it. You know, if I have a broken leg and my leg is going out this way and somebody comes up to me and says, your leg's broken and they leave, that's not real helpful for me. Like, oh, really? I didn't notice that. I can't walk, but yeah, that's not helpful. If I, see, if I have a broken leg, I want somebody to come up to me and say, we're going to fix that. We're going to make it better. Okay, that, that is V-group ministry. That is what happens. That's what's supposed to happen in our small group ministry. When we see brokenness, we help people to get better. We pick them up. So that's what happens in V-group ministry. You're picked up. But secondly, our V-group ministry is a place to be held up. So once we pick you up, now we want to continue to hold you up. Now look with me in verses 2 through 4. It says, carry one another's burdens. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he's nothing, he's deceiving himself. But each person should examine his own work. And then he will have a reason for boasting in himself alone and not in respect to someone else. Now Paul told the Galatian church, okay, here is what you are to do with one another. He said you are to carry one another's burdens. Now when you talk about carrying one another's burdens, that word carry, it is referring to actually getting your hands on somebody else's burden. It's like you have a weight, you know, if you're, if you're at the gym and you're lifting a weight and you can't quite, can't quite get it up, then somebody's going to come over and they're going to put their hands on that weight and they're going to help you lift it so that you don't get crushed by the weight. Okay, that, that's, that's what we are to do here at the church. You, we're all, you know, we all are carrying a burden. We are all carrying a load that is heavy. And so because of that, we need help. Now you might say, well, I thought once I became a Christian, I wasn't supposed to have problems anymore. You know, I mean, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. It says, the old has gone, the new has come. Why in the world would I need help anymore? Well, let me help you out a little bit. In, in John chapter 3, Jesus said that one thing we all must do to be in relationship with God, he said, you must be born again. Right? You must be born again. Now, he's painting a picture here. When you follow Jesus, you surrender your life to him, you become, you're a baby in Christ at the very beginning. You're a brand new believer. Now, use that with people. Why do we need help? Okay, whenever a child is born, he's, you know, you're born as a baby. Now, after a child is born, the parents don't look at the baby and say, well, we're glad you're here. Now, it's time for you to make a living. And then they just leave. I mean, that, does that happen? I mean, it's not like the baby says, well, hey, we're, he does put on a little suit and get in his little car and drive to work the next day. Now, why doesn't that happen? It, well, it doesn't happen because it's just a baby. 
Now, he, he, what does he have to do? He, ha, he has to be cared for. He has to be nourished. The parents have to, 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 to teach him, to be with him, until he grows enough to where he is mature and he's able to stand on his own. Same thing is true spiritually. And the place where we help people to grow, to help them get on their feet, to help them mature, is in our V group ministry. You see, our, our, first, our first response to people when we see them struggling as believers is, is not to tear them down. It's to basically look at them like a toddler when he's first learning how to walk. They get up and they fall over. What do you do? You, help, you pick them up. You keep picking up. Say, it's time to start walking again. Okay, that, that's what we, that, that is what we are to do in our, in our ministry. When we see people stumbling, it's to come alongside them and to be a support to them until they can walk on their own. You know, think about, like, about it like this. If you have kids, you might remember whenever your kids were younger and they, they played t-ball. Have, y'all, have any of your kids ever played t-ball? Y'all, did y'all know they have a World Series for t-ball now? I wish they had one when I was in high school. Uh, but uh, they have a World Series for t-ball. And uh, if, you ever watch, if you ever watch t-ball, I mean, it's, it's entertaining to watch it because you know, a kid will hit the ball and like the whole team moves in mass you know, to the ball. And they just chase it everywhere. And the, and the kid that hits the ball, it's almost a miracle if he runs to first base and not third. You know, so it's just kind of funny to watch the kids play, play the game. But, but most people, if you're a normal person, you're not sitting in the stands watching a t-ball game thinking, man, I'd love to be out there. Because I, I would dominate. You know, every time I came up to bat, I would crush it over the fence, and I would show these kids how you play t-ball. Normal people, and I know there's some of you that probably do that, but normal people don't think that way. Why? Because they understand that those are children, and that we're not kids. They're learning, and that's the same thing in the church. Our, our job in the church, our job in our small group ministry is not to look down on people as they are learning. Instead, it is to come alongside them and teach them to help carry the burdens that they have in life so that they're not crushed underneath them. But unfortunately, a lot of times we, we don't do that. A lot of times people don't even receive help. We won't receive it, we don't give it, and a lot of times the issue is is, is pride. Paul addressed that in verse number three. He said, if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he said he is deceiving himself. Now, when someone is struggling with sin, struggling with doubt, it's easy not to help. Instead, it's easy to simply look down on them and make ourselves feel good about ourselves. But that's not how we are to operate as a church. As believers, it's not to look at ourselves as being superior to others. Now, there, there was a study that was done that, uh, that came up with an interesting conclusion. They, they call it this, they call it the illusory superiority complex. Psychologists say that, that when they interviewed people asking them, you know, how do you view yourself? And they, 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 specifically, they talked to students in college and their professors. How do you view yourself? Do you view yourself as being exceptional, being average, below average, all these different things? Now, when they asked me these questions, this was what was interesting about it. Here's the, it was over a million students were asked this question. Here's what they, they said. 60% of students said, I believe that I'm in the top 10%. I wish that counted. You know, uh, are you in the top 10%? Well, I believe I am. Okay, well, then that works. Uh, anyway, so 60% of students believe they're in the top 10%. 25% rated themselves as being in the top 1% as students. 
Now, you'd think that the, the professors would get it better. Uh, so they asked the professors, what kind of a job do you think you're doing? Now, here's, here's how they rated themselves. Now, 2% were honest. They rated themselves as being below average. 10% said they were average. 63% of professors say were above average. And then 25% of professors rated themselves as being truly exceptional. I like that. I mean, I was just thinking, what, that, that'd be, that's interesting to just, I mean, to feel good about marking that down. You know, I am. I'm truly exceptional. So 25% said they were. Now, now, here's what one researcher said about that. He said, nobody's average. So statistically, that is an impossibility. There is, no, um, there is almost no one average. 85% of all people believe they are above average. That can't happen. So, so what's our conclusion? We're prideful people. A Christian psychologist said one of the clearest conclusions of social science research is very simple. We are proud. We think better of ourselves than we really are. We see our faults in faint black and white rather than in vivid color, and we assume the worst in others while assuming the best in ourselves. And you know what? I read that and I say, there are so many people guilty of that. Not me. No, I, I read that and I think, that's me. That is me. In my nature, I am prideful. But whenever we are here and as we come together as Christians and we come together in small groups, y'all, it takes humility to actually say, I will be willing to carry someone else's burden because we recognize there's going to be a day when I'm going to need someone to carry my burden. I know the only thing I'm exceptional at, y'all, is sin. I'm exceptional. That's all you're exceptional at. Listen to what the scripture says in Matthew 23, 12. Jesus said, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. We all are carrying a load that we can't carry by ourselves. That's why it's so important that you be involved in a small group ministry. You need somebody to help you carry the load in life. So what, what does V Group ministry offer? Well, it's a place to get picked up. It's a place where you should be held up. And then finally, it's this. It's a place to get prepared. To be prepared. Well, prepared for what? Well, we'll see in a second. Verse 5, it says, For each person will have to carry his own load. Now, I want you to think about that. Each person will have to carry his own load. Now, that seems to be a contradiction to verse 2. Because if you look back in verse number 2, it says, We are to carry each other's burdens. You get to verse 5, it says each person will have to carry his own load. Now, did Paul just forget about verse 2 or change his mind? No, it's, there's different things going on here. In verse number 2, it's as we are living here, we need to carry each other's burdens. Verse 5 is there's going to be a day when you and I are going to stand before God in judgment. And when we do, we will be held accountable for our own stuff when we stand before God. So the Bible tells us, Romans 14, 12, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now, how does that strike you? Now, I feel, sometimes I feel pretty good about myself, but then I think every, every action, every thought, every word out of my mouth, the way I've lived, I will be responsible for giving an account of myself before God. Let me tell you something. Heaven and judgment, when we stand before God, it's not going to be like it is here. We're not going to have excuses. You're not going to say, well, that wasn't fair. Let me tell you, God doesn't care. 
God's going to say, let me tell you something, you, each man, is responsible for himself, and he will give an accounting for his actions and the way that he's lived. Okay, so then why are small groups important? Okay, here's why. Our V group ministry is important. V group ministry is important for here so that as we live in this life, this broken world, and we mess up and screw up, we have others come alongside us to build us up to help us. It prepares us to be ready for when we do stand before God. Now here's the deal, it's practice. I am living here and I want to be practicing getting things right here before I stand there, before I stand before God. Now I don't know about y'all, I don't really enjoy practicing anything. I just like playing stuff, which is why I'm not good at much. Because if you're going to be good, it takes practice, right? I think Alan Iverson said that, or maybe he didn't. Uh, but practice is something that is important. Now, as we live here, we are to build each other up, lift each other up, so that when we stand before God, we'll be able to carry our own load. So what do we learn here? Here's what we learn here. We learn here that there is a God who loves you. Now, that's powerful. God loves you. What we learn here is that Jesus paid the price for our sins on the cross that we might experience redemption through him. Now, when we begin to take that message in here, when we stand before God, we're going to say, God, let me tell you, if you look at my actions, they are filthy rags before you, but I have been covered by the blood of Jesus because I have chosen to follow him. I've given him my life, and you'll be prepared then. That's what we learn here. Now, if you want to try to make it on your own, then you're going to be held accountable for your own life, and nobody has paid for your sins if you don't follow Jesus. And so then God will look at you, and he will judge you by your own works. Now, let me tell you something, then you're in trouble. Now, why, why, why are V group ministries important? Because it helps us fulfill the law of Christ. We support one another. We believe in one another. We teach each other. The Bible tells us that whenever we gather together as believers, it is a place where we can be picked up. It's a place where we can be held up. And it's a place where we can get prepared. Okay, so now I've said all these things for a very specific reason for us, as our church. For our church, we believe that this happens through our V group ministry. Are you connected anywhere? Do you have a place where you are going to be picked up and held up and prepared? Now, if you don't, that's, that's what we do here. That's why we want to encourage you to, to check out a small group ministry, a V group ministry. You can say, what do I need to do? Well, if you take your bulletin, you can open it up, and you, you say, I, I would, I would like to, I'd like to find out more about that, have more information. Just fill out that contact form in your bulletin and just say, I want more information about V groups. Yo, we're not going to show up at your house with handcuffs and a rope and dragging you to one. We just want you, we, it's, it's, it's all on you. But we want you to know we have a place for you. And so if you'd like more information, then you can fill that out, then you tear it out, and we'll have ushers at the back, and you can drop off that slip of paper in the basket as you, as you leave here today. 
Now, there might be others of you who need to be connected to Jesus. And, you know, you, 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 know, you know the stuff, you know the basics, you know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, you know that he died and that he rose from the grave after three days, but it's never, it's never been a part of you. You've never submitted yourself to that Jesus that you know some facts about. Maybe today you need to do that. Say, so what do I do? Well, where you're seated, you can just simply talk to God and just say, Jesus, today I will surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I ask that you'll save me. Now, if you do that, the Bible says you belong to God. You are His. Now, what I'd like for us to do, we'll close out the service in this way. If you'll just bow your heads and close your eyes, and it might be some of you, and you need, maybe you can just take this time now, you can fill out that contact form saying, I need more information about our V Group Ministries. But others of you just simply need, need to take that time to just talk to God and say, Jesus, today I give my life to you. And if you'd like to do that, you can, you can pray this prayer or something like it after me. You just talk to the Lord and you say, Jesus, I am a sinner. And I pray that you'll forgive me. And Lord, I believe that you lived, you died, and that you rose from the grave, conquering death. Because you are the risen Savior, I am asking you to save me. And I will follow you.